Welcome to the Young Adult in Ministry Podcast, the Yamcast, where we talk about everything the church needs to know and some things you don't need to know about failing forward in young adult ministry. We are starting these monthly podcasts with a discussion about the book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, and anything else we feel like. Hi, my name is Kenny. I'm from Boise, Idaho. My name is Jeremy, and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm I'm Chris from Cincinnati, Ohio. And here we go. Go live. We're not streaming on Facebook. Chris, Anita, and Jude are watching it in Norman. No, no, they don't live in Norman anymore. Garmin. 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 You need Garmin to find Garmin. That's how that works. (laughs) Cool, cool. All right, Yamcast, ugly Christmas sweater holiday edition. Should we start? Should we start here? Yeah, let's start. Let's let's start with me because I'm pretty sure it's only going to get better. Um, okay. okay. So this is just my run of the mill Christmas sweater. Um, this is this is what I got. But to try to like pull it up, I do have this. Oh. Which for those of you who are listening oh, to this, it's a Rudolph the Red Rain Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer face mask. Uh huh. I think it complements the grays and the undertones of your it, sweater I, well. I, I wore this to church yesterday, um, and uh, it made it made for some some fun times when I had serious like serious conversations, and I'm looking like this at people. <laughs> it's maybe not the best choice, but I brought some Christmas cheer. So this is a great choice. This is my Christmas uh, getup. Uh, what about you guys? Did you shout out with Glee, you know, randomly? <laughs> awesome. Uh, Go for it, Kenny. Alphabetically, I feel like you should. Oh, okay. All right. This is my only Christmas sweater. That's uh, a shame. That First of all, I just want to say try harder this year because that's a shame. For wait for it. Not the sweater that it's only one. Oh, I need to go gallery. It comes with jingle bells. He doesn't need anything other than that one Christmas sweater. Fa la 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 la. La, your hands in the way. La 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 lama. Ah, ha, yeah. La 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 la. Yeah, yeah. So, so now to activate the to activate the jingle bells, I'm I really have to jump up and down a lot, you know, in some okay. place to. So it's not very practical, but I I want you to know that I had nice try, both of you, first of all. I wanted I want you to know that I had a wide array of Christmas sweaters from which to select. Um, more than half of which are Star Wars themed. Not surprised. Correct. So and I I was going with my most hideous one, then I thought, no, I'm gonna follow my heart. And this is an ugly Christmas sweater. I'll, I'll say it's an ugly holiday sweater that's appropriate to wear at Christmas time um, because the company that sells it was very ambiguous about it not being specifically Christmas, but also very holiday-ish. And it was a try. And their attempt was a sweatshirt, okay? So this is my lead into it. Um, I attempted to buy this last year. They ran out of stock. They are not selling it this year. So this is my protest wear of a Spartan ugly Christmas sweater. It says, uh, not, I can't read it upside down. 
earned, not given, Spartan. Okay, and I put it on one of my ugly Christmas sweater snow globe. This was before I started doing Star Wars, and I always buy them on sale. This one was fifty dollars. It was a sweatshirt last year. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, but then I, it was my one like Advent regret last year, and I thought if it, if they come on sale. Again, I'm buying it. I don't, I, it's $50, $60. I'm saving up all year. In October, I emailed the Spartan store in October and said, when are your ugly Christmas sweater, sweatshirt thingies hitting the market? And they're like, ha, ha, ha. This may, this is the funniest email we've gotten all day. And then I was like, well, there's something wrong with these guys. Um, we'll let you know. There's nothing. They're selling all kinds of swag, all kinds of deep discounts, all kinds of holiday. Not the earned not given spartan sweatshirt you can't even buy it earned not given but you can't even buy it and you com complete an event to get one of those plus 50 dollars. no it's just you you should have completed event and then you wear this because you know that you have or i think you could also purchase it and then be like i should complete an event and it'll motivate you to train but i wanted to add this just as an accessory because I felt like, I mean, it is, it is a wearable and it is practical. And my wife hasn't hung them on the garage lamps yet. So I wanted to add a, a wreath. <laughs> when we started uh, this, when we planned this, I did not expect that we were going to have a protest sweater as a part of this episode. So yeah, fully. Man, I got to keep this in mind for next year. It is a protest right. sweater. Spartan, please, please pay attention. Thank you. That is all. PSA. <laughs> all right. Man, it is good to see you guys. Oh, I've missed you guys. It's been a while. You're my, you're my first podcast family. I just got to say, you know, the first, the first of dozens. Okay. <laughs> Yet to be made. <laughs> um, guys, I've I've missed doing this. But I have so enjoyed our Marco Polo conversations and keeping up with each other and just, you know, um, oh, here's another crossover from the pivoting uh, pastor, because we bro so hard, we bro so hard, and I've missed doing that with you. Yeah, I was shocked that we had so few texting exchanges in the last, you know, thirty days, but it has been mostly on the old Marco Polo. We are rich with content on Marco Polo that I, some of it could transfer. I mean, some of it could easily be downloaded, spliced together and posted. Um, stuff. I'm having, I've been, I'm having more and more good conversations with people on Marco Polo. Sometimes it's maybe impractical sometimes because you have to go back. If you don't respond immediately, you have to go back and rewatch. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Cool. Well, We've been we journeying. Just because we're not doing this doesn't mean we're not we're not being friends together from all our our little our little bergs that we live and minister in. Yeah. So then, the Yamcast. Here we are. This is all in the context of Advent and Christmas sweatery type stuff because this is my Advent. This is the thing I've added for Advent. Is this activity? It also counts as my burpees for Spartan. Um, I'm not doing those burpees. I'm just doing UPS. Um, it's like walking a week of general assembly every single week, 15 to 20,000 steps. I'm telling you, man, it's great. It's great for my just, yeah. Um, unloading from the UPS store, pretty massive volume off the back of my truck. 
and um, this guy starts asking me about being a driver. And in the context of it, he's like, yeah, I'm a year in here. I'm 18 years old. I've been out of high school for a year. And I figure I'm going to do this for two more years. And then I'm going to apply to be a driver because then I'll be like 21 or about 21. And they're going to hire me immediately because I've already got like three years in. Um, and man, these guys, they rake, that's the drivers. That's where the really good money's at. And so I'm just going to do it. So this is my plan. Like he had it. He, I, I told him as we're loading these boxes off and putting them on the little conveyor in the back of the truck and rolling them to the belt. I'm like, dude, kudos for your goals, man. Like, that's awesome. Like you, you need to pursue that. But I'm also thinking he doesn't quite have a grasp on the reality of the pecking order and seniority and like who actually becomes a driver and, and who doesn't. And maybe I'm reading it wrong. And maybe he's a really hard worker. And he, he was hard. He's a hard worker. I was impressed that this 18 year old, a year out of high school, and he was, he was rocking. He was, he was, he was rocking it. So yeah, I'm meeting quite a few young adults actually in the context of UPS. And there's a number of drivers that are in their twenties. Um, I'm meeting drivers that have been there 35 years, 26 years, 10 years and hearing the different ways that people talk and they can just smell the new fish. You know, you just, it just, it just wafts off of you, even when you look like everybody else. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting advent for me, um, both in practice and pace. Like this is the busiest I've ever been during Advent. I, I told Stretch and Stu the other day, I feel like a workaholic pastor during the Christmas season that isn't preparing for a cantata, mostly because of COVID and also because I don't have any musical talent. Um, but we're just delivering packages to people that make them sing when they open it up. I love hearing a little kid go, oh, our TV's here. Or another lady be like, oh, yes, awesome. Hey, thank you. Happy holidays. Or, you know, pulling a Snickers bar out of the basket because they left it for the UPS and other competition. Um, water bottles, little treats, energy drinks, the fruity ones, not the sugary poison ones, um, like the V8 stuff. But yeah, I mean... Does it make you cynical at all in terms of the consumerism of, of the season? Uh, or are you able no, to focus no, I, you know, in previ previous years, I had more time to reflect on that and be bitter. And I did a good job of it. I feel like this season, I'm just trying to get the packages to the people as quickly as I possibly can. And I can never seem to do that with efficiency. Oh. Um, so, okay. This is enough of a check-in for me. Jamie, and, what's up with you, man? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh um yeah so uh my family you know two little kids we've been setting up christmas stuff and we're there our son is three now so we're starting to develop christmas traditions so uh, one of the funnier ones that we've done is uh, something we picked up from some other families where you have a nativity scene with like play characters so that it's not like super fragile and we, we set it up, but we set most of the characters in different places in the house. And during Advent, they slowly walk their way, journey their way closer to the nativity, like the stable. And so like there's a sheep there. The, there's, you can barely see it right there is a, one of our uh, rods, for our, a curtain rod for a window. And there are two wise men propped up on that that are working their way over to the stable. So we're like doing that. And it's like, you know, building up the anticipation, baby Jesus will show up on Christmas morning. And our son got a little impatient. And so our nativity, the, the stable now has one sheep, 
a David and Goliath action figures, two Paw Patrol dogs, and a dinosaur because he wanted more characters there. But he said that they're all there waiting for Jesus. And it was like one of those things where he like said that and like instant pastor mode. I was like, that's a perfect analogy. Like this anticipation, the the waiting, that is what Advent's about, like the hope of Christmas. Of like, I know he wants Jesus to show, he keeps on asking when Jesus is going to show up because then he says he wants the toys that are going to show with it. So like, not the not the most Christian, like holy of intentions, but like he, he gets that anticipation and I feel like for a lot of people during this season, especially during 2020, like we are yearning for uh, something better. Uh, good news at the at the end of the tunnel. So we've got that going on. We've been <laughs> we've been yeah, just having having fun with that, figuring out young adult ministry stuff during the season here in Nashville on our college campus, everyone went home, uh, the semester ended before Thanksgiving. So we're in a, like a two month in between period that is good for catching a breath, but also figuring out how to get connected with young adults. And I know we'll talk about that in a little bit, but other than that, we're, we're, we're doing good, drinking lots of coffee, hanging out with the kids and enjoying the weather here that while cold is not nearly as bad as what I grew used to in the the Midwest, the good old North. Jeremy, I saw the picture. I don't know if it was on Facebook or Instagram that you posted of the nativity scene. And I was like, this is, this is ingenious. Like I, I remember as a kid, the first time that I realized I don't have to just play with star Wars or just play with GI Joe or just play with Legos. Like I could combine them all together. And I saw the genius of that in your, your manger scene. And I was like, this, then every toy can now in some way, if it's a character, um, and if you get a little creative, even if it's not a character, it can now be a part of the nativity, of the Christmas story, of welcoming Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I admire Zane's uh, zeal for, for Christmas and also gifts. And his uh, the latest addition is he took a helmet from another character and he put it on Goliath's head because he said that David kept on hurting Goliath. So he's trying to protect Goliath, like it's a David and Goliath set. So he put a helmet on Goliath to help protect Goliath's head because we, from his little like children's book, he knows what happens to David's or what happens to Goliath's head with the stone and then the sword. Well, I mean, and here's a kid that's been exposed to the New Testament, obviously, and loving your enemies. I mean, I, I I get it. We've moved past our, 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 our tribal, like, you know, warfare tendencies of God willing it, Chris, just a call back to our earlier conversation, the Crusades. And now it's, you know, we're going to, we're going to put a dandelion in the barrel of that spear. And, and you know what, I mean, if, 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 if he needs a Boba Fett helmet, just let me know. It's kind of hanging back out there on my, on my printer, but it's Beskar and ain't nobody touching that dome. That's true. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's developed a good Christocentric theology and a Boba Fett hat would, would help with that. (laughs) The good news of Jesus and the New Testament. So that's, me and my family. Chris, how are you and your llama sweater and your clan doing? Doing good, doing good. All is well in the Bean household of Cincinnati-ish area. Yeah, doing good. Just went uh, yesterday, no, Saturday, hunted down the uh, Christmas tree, which is one of our fun little traditions. Um, yeah, Jess, my oldest, is finishing up final exam week this week at the University of Cincinnati, and that's kind of the 
more of my scene is hanging out with college students who have mostly disappeared from campus, but the ones who live near campus are still hanging out at the coffee shop. So uh, we still see them, you know, throughout this week and maybe one more week. Um, yeah, my boy is just absolutely hating remote online learning. So fourth grade will go down um, in a rather negative, you know, fashion for him, I think. Um, although third grade was rough too, but he's actually enjoying being home, but now he was just, some guy was talking about some math stuff and like why we use feet to measure things. And he's like, do I have to sit and listen to this? Can I go play Fortnite while this is playing? <laughs> no, not according to the Mandalorian code. But um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, family's good. My daughter's, my middle daughter, she's finishing her senior year. She, this will be her last semester of going to school physically. She opted to finish remotely this next semester because it's just been a disaster of a year for her. So, uh, but Advent, you know, overall, we're getting in the Christmas spirit decorated and all that jazz. So uh, definitely enjoying that. But it was interesting, I just to kind of shift into our, you know, our young adult ministry discussion, I reached out through GroupMe to our young adults. It's kind of a college age class. It's mainly younger young adults. Um, it's kind of like a Sunday school class at church and we have GroupMe, about 40 people on GroupMe who could be at this class, typically maybe you know, 10 or 12 you know, show up every other Sunday when we're meeting. But um, I reached out to them and was just asking, hey, what's, what's one of the more interesting challenges uh, you're facing? And um, one thing I heard a couple of times was um, we're having trouble spending so much time at home, like figuring out how to navigate. You know, I left home, but now I'm back home quite a bit. And so I don't know if you guys are bumping into that with any of your young adults spending. I think from parents' perspective, there's kind of this sense of, oh, here's one of the positive things about the pandemic is we could spend more time as a family. And, and maybe for some college students and young adults, that's good, but for others, I know even if I reflect back on my young adult years, my college years, it was hard for me to go back home. Once I had left, it was hard to be back under the roof, under the rules, you know, or even expectations, not rules, but whatever. I don't know how you guys, what kind of issues are you bumping into with young adults? Yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's some of that. It's thinking back on my own experience, you know, it's, there's a difference between like going home for like a week or two weeks. There's like something about like magical about like day 15, where it just like everything starts to get really, really uh, irking. Uh, just when you're like, I don't know if that ever, if that ever ends, like you just kind of need to figure out your own rhythms. And if you are all living together on the same house for super long period of time after having not done that, yeah, it can produce all sorts of fun internal conflict. And so it'll be interesting to see with, for many schools having a significantly longer Christmas break, what that looks like. I know that for us, it's one of the challenges is just for our church is kind of navigating uh, everything that's going on in our city, in our state, and making compassionate and wise decisions. And it's just kind of hard to plan stuff. Um, so in-person in things. And for a number of the students that I'm working with, also being really conscientious of what they're doing, both for their own safety, but then also 
I know for many, it's like, I want to be able to see, you know, these specific family members around Christmas. So I'm going to be careful during December to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to maybe do a little bit less than I normally would. So I don't put that kind of thing at risk. And so just making it different, doing more stuff online and trying to navigate that stuff through, um, yeah, GroupMe, doing Instagram live videos that I do every Tuesday with like a little devotional thought. I like that. Most of them I'm not seeing. Uh, most of them, even if they're still connected, they're attending online. And so I'm not really seeing them in person. Most of them I connected with when they were spending time on the college campus and that's all shut down. So uh, finding other ways to connect with them. And then something that I know that is similar to what something that you're doing, Chris, is a, a Bible reading plan through the Version Bible app. Mm -hmm. I did one of those back in the summer as a way to try to journey through scripture together with students. And I was planning on doing one for Advent, but hadn't land I hadn't landed on which plan I was going to do. And then I saw you post about one from one of my favorite nonprofits, one of my favorite podcasts, which is the Bible Project. Yeah. And I was like, that's the one. That's the one that we need to do. So I'm going through the same. I think I'm like maybe a day behind you, uh, but we're going through the same reading plan as a group of like maybe a dozen, uh, 10, or, uh, 10 or a dozen students working through that, which is just another touch point and one to be able to connect specifically with scripture during this season. Cool. I, I have not found uh, young adults um, interested in, in doing those really awesome, cool things that you guys are doing. Like I've tried to do the Bible reading plan with you version. I've tried to do like video series with right now media. There are awesome. There's a, I don't know if you've seen the, there's an adulting um, like six or seven part video series on, on right now media. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, there, there's a lot of great young adult specific, let alone other resources, you know, visually appealing there. I haven't been able to get any traction. I, I don't know if, I don't know if somebody's like, you know, when you look at stuff online and you may or may not click on it and you click on an Instagram post and there's something cool there, you never plan to do that. You never thought, Oh, I really need to get back to that post that I saw earlier today so that I can subscribe to that thing and do it for seven weeks with people. Um, you just end up doing it and then you're like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I'll keep doing it. I can't, I can't find, I haven't found one that said, Hey, we're doing this. I try to send out an email each week to our young, young adults and our emerging adults. Um, I try to do the connect thing. I almost didn't do the connect thing yesterday. And then Steve, that we go to church together, my fellow um, Mandalorian podcast dude, um, he popped on there, didn't know he was going to come on because he's one of our connect hosts. And, and then Katrina and Cass came on yesterday, but they were on last week. They were hiking in the foothills. They went up to Table Rock like the three of us did back in the day. And we need to do that again. Um, I could take you virtually. And they popped on today, they're housemates now, you know, Katrina's moved back from California, has got a doctorate in physical therapy. These are the emerging adults, right? Like they're not just emerging. She gave me like a telehealth shoulder, like why am I experiencing numbness in my fingers here? And it's, I've got some type of impingement. I need to do some stretching or whatever, but my shoulder didn't wake me up last night. Like, it's five, C6. Is it? I need it's your thumb and your finger. Well, it's, it's, it's this one and this one and my thumb. And then there's sorry, a, sorry. the brachial nerve innervates, you know, from C5, C6, the medial nerve from the other. 
two different nerves here. If you got tingling here, it's one disc. If you got anyway, go ahead. What were we saying? You know, I really feel like you've been holding out on us, especially me. I mean, you know, I have I'm injuries. Older than Jeremy's you, so I young. Have more physical problems to deal with. Well, I know. I know. Well, Chris, I mean, maybe we can do like a Marco Polo kind of like quasi telehealth faux pas thing. Yeah, I was going to say for those watching this live or listening, we are not doctors. We do not pretend to be doctors. Our medical advice, uh, you can't hold us liable, whatever the whatever the acronyms are that we need to say that you don't hold us liable. For but, I can, so but I can ask. I just said the wrong thing. <laughs> no, Chris, you, you looked very convincing. This is probably the clip that I'm going to extract from the recording to post as, you know, a promo on the grams in the faces and the, you know, the YouTubers. Um, but yeah, I, so I've got a couple of consistent young emerging young back on, back on the trail. Um, I've got a couple of really consistent emerging young adults. I've got a couple of young adults that I check in with. Um, I know there's some mental health stuff going on with, with our network of young adults. I know there's gotta be some people feeling isolated, people that aren't wanting to be at home, but have to be at home. My daughter, I mean, she's in the same community as us. And sometimes she's here more than we anticipated her being here on the weekends, but she, you know, she gets out of her room. She can't go anywhere else on campus. So the library is kind of deserted. As it turns out, people don't use the library more when it's even more accessible during a pandemic when you could go to it. Um, but Idaho has gone into even more stringent kind of COVID lockdown-ish type stuff. Their school is, you know, they can go to classes and everything now. They're not in a... That NNU went through a stay in place kind of alert because of some spikes in COVID on campus. And then they, they weathered it and then they all emerged like seven days later. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just, I have a hard time getting to read. So what I try to do is this as a young adult volunteer pastor directory type person is who are my two or three or four relationships in the two different age group demographics here of young adults with my church family and I'm just going to keep checking in with them, invest in them if they let me, weekly keep kind of chucking a resource out there by email if anybody still reads their email. Yeah, I had one young adult who's not quite 30 yet respond to the email that I sent. And I sent the emails last minute because that's when they read them anyway. So I figure why do it ahead of time? Um, I've tried to be so intentional over these years and it didn't matter. So now I'm just going to do it the way I want to. That's a horrible philosophy, but it's, it's what's happening. The one young adult that responded to an email that I sent yesterday was the not quite 30 year old that is currently our interim worship director. And she led both services that no longer are in person, but they're live online from our sanctuary, Sanctanasium um, auditorium, whatever we call it. And Camille responded to my email. She goes, oh, I just saw this. After she led worship all morning long, you know, with the other mostly young adults on the stage that are, and teenager, it's on keyboards. And so I'm looking at our church going, we have great engagement with young adults. And every time I ask them about Bible resources, like deep, you know, theological, you know, things or series, or do you want to do this? And they're like, we just want to get together and have fun. And I can't do that for them, but I can check in with them and see who they're doing that with. So that's kind of young adult ministry for me, for me right now. Um, every single day, I still have no idea what I'm doing. Kind of like UPS. There's a crossover there. Uh, one thing um, 
as you were talking there, Kenny, something that you'd mentioned in one of our Marco Polo conversations that I thought was, was really wise. And maybe if at any point we lead any uh, young adult conversations in any like conference settings or something, maybe this could be like a title for it or something. Oh, but you said that yeah, you're, that you're you feel like your approach, what you're doing with young adult ministry is like a slow going ministry or a slow growing ministry. It was a, it was a, it was a, um, it was a, a uh, misquote from Giaconelli. Yeah. The slowest growing young adult ministry on the USA Canada region. Yeah. I, I, I feel like talking about like slow growing or yeah, like slow growing ministry. I feel like that's where, especially related to young adults, emerging adults, that like, that's what we find, right? Like it's, the, unless it's something really intentional, like specific, specific, like a church plant, it's got a lot of funding that's going specifically to target young adults um, and has, you know, a great mega church kind of vibe with worship that may attract a bunch of those, which any major city seems to have those, that for us average churches that care about our young and emerging adults, that it is a slow, like it's slow going, it's a slow grow form of ministry, mm. and especially during this season. And something we've talked about a lot as we talked through the book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, that it's, um, it's about long-term obedience in the same direction, that it's about experimenting and trying, being willing to fail quickly, but being, a, being willing to be in it for the long haul. And that's exactly, I feel like, what we're each doing, but exactly what you were speaking to, Kenny, that that is especially what I think ministry will look like in 2021 for, for young adults. Um, and it'll be a part of what our conversation is on this podcast throughout 2021 as well. And I don't know if this is the right time for us to, to always the right time, just do it to move to talking about what 2021 is going to look like for us as the young adult ministry podcast, the Yamcast. but Kenny, do you want to clue in our listeners on what that's going to look like in the coming months? Okay, I was almost the right time. There's, I have a follow-up uh, thought from what you were just sharing about, you know, being the slowest growing, and then, and then we'll circle back if that's fine. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. It's almost the right time. I lied. Um, my heartbeat over the years that I've been engaged with young adult ministry on a couple of different continents. That's the only really credential that I have going for me, as long as like stick to itiveness and tenacity and never giving up even when I should. Um, I, I want whether, Jeremy, you, you talked about your church, like being a, a medium sized or small sized church or whatever. I, I look at you two guys and what you're doing in young adult ministry and how similar it is and how different it is. And the churches you're part of the church I'm a part of. And as a volunteer guy, as a paid full-time staff guy at your church, Jer, Chris, you know, doing InterVarsity, raising funds, please contribute to the Chris Bean Fund for InterVarsity because we love our bro. We bro so hard in young adult ministry. Oh, this link right here. Yeah, this <laughs> link that's flashing today, not only. Whatever size church, whether it's six people that show up in your living room and there's one young adult, or you're at a church of a thousand or more, and you've got um, quite a few different things, program stuff going on for young adult ministry and one-on-one relationship in the middle of all that. What, what is the nucleus that is the, that is the, 
that is the lowest common denominator for a church to engage in young adult ministry. So not, not so that we're, you know, doing as little as we can, um, but just what is the nucleus that, that, that contextual nucleus for the local community of faith and church that they can say, we know that we can, we can hold this coal and keep it, keep it warm, keep it hot so that at any point we could put more kindling on it. We could add some twigs. We could add some logs. We could build this into a bonfire if we want to, but at some point it's going to build down. So there's a nucleus of young adult ministry perspective in the local setting, no matter size. So that as the young adult um, demographic and generations ebb and flow within our church settings, because it's never, it never stays the same. It's never status quo. It's never equilibrium. It's always, and, and just a, a breathing in and breathing out different configurations, different people. Um, some stick around, some get married, some get onto church boards, some lead the worship team. I mean, I'm describing my church setting from young adults that I recruited them as an interns and, and they were already dating. And then, you know, here they are almost 15 years later, still part of our church. That's awesome. But that's not going to be everybody. And it, and it shouldn't be. What's the nucleus that a church can discover and they can go, no matter our resources, no matter how many people we can do this. And depending upon who's here and the season and the context of our surroundings, we can expand in kind of this pulsing ministry type perspective where we're not always out here and it's just always about getting farther and farther and farther, but it's this, we do this and sometimes we do this and then we come back in here. And to me, that seems to reflect more uh, like a creationist perspective of uh, young adult philosophy of breathing in and out with um, the relationships that we're entrusted with. What's that common denominator nucleus core? That's really, I've discovered my heartbeat. Um, and then and then what is sustainable from, from that point? So I hope we talk about this in 2021. I hope that that's what, as I've been getting into Not Done Yet, our, our new read is gonna be about. But I'm, I'm trying to think, um, as you guys do, past the podcast, past my position at my church, into the past things that I've done, into the future that I'm going to do. What is the sustainable track specifically for our brothers and sisters within the Nazarene church? And then we learn from those um, that we're in the kingdom of God with and as a part of Christ church that makes young adult ministry sustainable. And there's this one part that's just not a mystery because we just, we know we can do this. And then sometimes we do different stuff. And, but we know we can do this. And then sometimes, okay, so I'll, I'm saying the same thing over and over again here. It's just, there's a formula there that we can all kind of begin to work with and then riff off of and jazz with it. Um, and it doesn't have to be this big blooming mystery. And we don't know what to do with young adults anymore. We just make a plan and work it and then just plan on it changing. Yeah, I would say that, I mean, leadership has got to be, Kind of consistent um and that's a tricky thing i think in young adult ministry at churches um to keep that kind of consistency the other thing i was thinking before you um so rudely derailed uh, jeremy's attempt to move this podcast forward um 
I was going to say, you know, and it goes back to something you said on a Marco also just about connecting with the young adults, you know, basically finding the young adults that seem to have the most influence and network ability, um, you know, within your ministry and your community, I think, and really pouring in the, into them. And we, and this is, this goes back to the sustainable young adult ministry book that we've got, we can't just try to plan things and do things ourselves. Um, and and hope that they'll get involved but to pour into relationally um, the young adults that will kind of reach out they will invite they'll connect they'll just naturally kind of hey you should do this with me you know kind of thing um so i think that's a key and for me especially during this pandemic season i have just lowered the bar of what i feel like is a win you know so if i have one connect one touch point conversation text thread group me whatever with each of the sort of young adults college students in my parish so to speak um i know we don't use the word parish much in the nazarene world but we should you know, in, in my pastoral care sphere um shepherd does shepherd community center does yeah. oh, pants guys sorry yeah so i i think if i have at least one sort of communication like that's a win not like oh i've got to get 15 people to do this thing with me or do that or right. sign off for this or whatever but um so anyway i and to me that goes back to that relational mike yacanelli reference thing too is that and it's that long obedience in the same direction slow growth it's relational it's not um you know just trying to find the silver bullet the magic pill right away kind of thing um so, and I'm curious to see what this, you know, as we get into this next read, this next book together, not done yet with, uh, is it Beth Severson, uh, University Press book, uh, looks great. She's done a lot of research to figure out, I think she calls them bright spot churches, or is that the right phrase? Yeah. Um, basically churches, she's focused some research on churches that seem to really connect and retain millennials and Generation Z and, and kind of grow ministry you know, in that area um so it seems like she's going to be really focusing on what is it that all these churches are doing right uh that's causing young adults to stay connected and flourish in those kind of churches so that'll be fun to get into and just see almost from a more positive standpoint the sustainable young adult thing uh, in many ways was kind of like here's what not to do um at least initially and this will be Cool to look at to see like okay here's here's what people are doing that seems to be working um, but again I, I mean everything during pandemic season you know this particular part of our context historically um you know that's going to be just tricky to to figure but out if, if what does can... or doesn't work immediately but i think there's going to be transferable concepts that that we can we play around with even in the midst of Next sheltering place or whatever's going on. I do feel like I do feel like it's it's the pandemic is fertile ground to find that kernel to innovate that you can water and that you can that you can you know nourish. Mm, Um so that because people were, you know, we we've been struggling with young adult ministry and, and having its challenges, and it seems to be one of those just you know places in the church that we just don't know what to do with, right? But if, if we can just, you know, as, as COVID has just wiped the whiteboard 
clean. I heard somebody say recently, I think it was listening to a podcast with your dad, Jeremy. He was, there was this guy he was talking with and, and your dad said, you know, COVID-19 has just wiped the plans on the whiteboard completely clear off for everybody else. So now you're just working with a, a, a blank slate here. Like what, man, what do we write on this? Yeah. If we can figure that out with young adult ministry, like what works with this, that's going to work anytime, any place, any, anything, and it'll be transferable. And then we can adapt from. Which I think is part of the beauty of, watch me here, of what we're going to, what we have planned for 2021, uh, because we'll be bringing on and including other voices besides ours. So continuing to to journey together as three friends and brothers in Christ, but inviting in sisters and brothers as well to be a part of this conversation, looking at uh, a new book and conversations about that, that as we, yeah, I think we're in this season where we can figure out what that kernel is and at least get an idea of it, maybe experiment with a little bit and figure out what can work in 2021 and what can work beyond that. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to be, um, you know, launching basically an extra episode per month, going to twice a month. And um, maybe we can take a cue here from the Bible for Normal People, one of my other favorite podcasts. Um, and we would, you know, invite some people who want to read this book with us. Maybe we have a temporary little producers group, you know, a group of people who are reading and discussing and just kind of expanding, you know, the, the community of, you know, content producers, so to speak. Um, so it's going to be cool. Can't wait. Yeah, we'll be working through the book Not Done Yet. And we are excited to be working through that. And as we continue to journey through this season of COVID to be able to uh, figure out young adult ministry in this context and beyond. So as we wrap up, because I know that each of us have our own uh day vocational uh, employment for those of you who are watching this live you will have seen the transformation from kenny christmas sweater wade to kenny ups driver uh, and we will wrap up here maybe this is a good time for us to to wrap up with our outro unless we have any other concluding thoughts in this special christmas episode of the amcast my audio cut out and I can see your lips are moving, moving, <laughs> but it just cut out again. And so Jeremy, well, you just did an awesome lead for us. Okay. Right yeah. Okay. Now I can hear both of you guys. Were you leading into the outro? Yep. Did you start it? Am I starting I it? You're the start. That was the awkward pause. <laughs> I'm the starting. Until next time. Hey, fail forward. Be present. Be teachable. And be flexible and try something new. This is so great. We're Yamcast again. Woohoo! Thanks for joining us.